and the author forgive me i can't i can't remember his name i, I want to say it's something peterson i'm probably way wrong but robert he, uh, jordan robert jordan damn that's what okay robert jordan thank you and uh, he started you so out, close dude he, he started <laughs> yeah he started the series out and, samson uh, i was way off Five G's was causing a rona. Well, especially if you're into the Borg. Shutterstock music. Chris Rios. Yeah, yes, yes. I ended up loving him. We're gonna f you, sheriff, but we're gonna f you slow. Shutterstock music. Welcome back, everybody. Mark 46 of the Super Civil Service Podcast. My name is Greg, and I just finished watching Suicide Squad and did not change my DCEU rankings. So, I was hoping it would, but uh, just to rewatch that movie, one of them's got to be last, I suppose. Not that it's a bad movie, but, you know. Anyway, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. I got the normal crew with me with a, a guest. Um, let's start with the guest. Sarah, how are you doing this evening? I am doing fine. How are you fellas tonight? Doing fantastic. It's great to have you back. I'm glad to be back. Thank you for the invite. Of course. Anytime, anytime. Um, Nathan, you're with us again, as always. Uh, how you doing, as bud? As always, I'm here. I'm hanging in there, and I'm just ready to talk about nerd shit to take my mind off the terrible real world for a little while. And one of the most essential part of the show is, as always, Chris. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm officially on break, so I'm a leaf on the wind and watch how I soar. Nice. I like nice. It. I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good. No, no. I was, I was just gonna say with your suicide com or suicide squad comment, I was gonna say, man, the the Abomination League is still below that. Still, no, still below that. My it, it's 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 a close one for me, but I think but, I've watched that movie more than I own Justice League. I will admit, Justice uh, League does have some good parts in it. It know? does. It does. It just. It's, it it's mostly a monster, but there are some good <laughs> little shiny parts to it. Yes. Oh, there we go. That's how you start a show off. It's a squirrel. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. So, yeah. That's how you do it. You know, I love chasing squirrels with you guys. Come on. Oh, yeah. Now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Humor me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a couple things to talk about tonight. Let's get a show question out of the way. JRB, our boy, we're going to go into JRB's uh, bat cave here and attempt to answer one of his questions. And he's talking about in relation to last week's question about the Amazon streaming of shows. Uh, he wants to know what we think of the Wheel of Time novels. Yes, if any of us are excited for that. And he's way more excited about this than the Lord of the Rings show. So I will start off by saying I have no idea what he's talking about. Uh, as a good host, I probably should have looked it up, but I didn't because I knew somebody else would. So anybody who knows anything about that, give it a go. Uh, well, I have limited knowledge of what the Wheel of Time novel series is. It is a huge, sprawling mythology over a over 14 books, like a 14-book collection of novels. And the author, forgive me, I can't, I can't remember his name. I, I want to say it's something Peterson. I'm probably way wrong. But Robert he, uh, Jordan. Robert Jordan. Damn, that's what, okay, Robert Jordan. Thank you. And uh, he started you were so out, close, dude. He, he started. Yeah, he started the series out. And, Samson, uh, I was way off. 
right? It's got a huge mythology. Apparently, like, it's, like, got some time travel, and there's dragons and, like, swords, and it's a huge, sprawling, like, mythology in a world all of its own. And the guy had gotten through 12 novels published and had the outline for what he was calling the last one, like, you know, the big beats mm-hmm. parts, you know, of the outline, and ended up passing away. And a guy that was real close to him or, like, studied the books real well, you know, like, basically, if we're putting in Star Wars terms, Padawan, or, like, the learner would did it, came in and took the outline for the what he was going to have as the last novel and broke it was so much shit. And to get all the pieces where they needed to go, he had to break it down into two novels. And at one time, before Game of Thrones came out, HBO was weighing the options of doing a Wheel in Time series or a Game of Thrones series. Obviously, they went with Game of Thrones, but they were considering Wheel of Time because it has such a deep mythology and so much source material. And Amazon ended up jumping on it. And I'm not sure of the budget or whatever. I know their Lord of the Rings series is their most expensive, but I would imagine that they are not going to cheap out on this series because it has so much rich, uh, so much potential from what I understand and just so much source material to go off of. Yeah, that's it looks super the, in-depth. I mean, yeah, it, it like sounds like a really knowledge. great premise. No, I was just saying because just, just reading a little bit about it, um, just reading the premise, it just it seems like probably the, the imagery and the story seems like it would just be insane. I mean, granted, now don't throw stones at me. I have not seen Game of Thrones, but um, from what I can tell, I mean, if it's along the lines of you know Lord of the Rings, you know that kind of thing. Oh man, it's going to be amazing, absolutely amazing. So I really hope that they do. Amazon or whomever does pick it up and develops it, develops it correctly because, you know, just just reading the synopsis of it, it it, wow, that's that's all I got to say. Uh, Amazon does have <laughs> they do have the rights to it now. Whether or not they go in production or do whatever they do, you know, if they right. I don't know if they've even started, but they do own the rights to it now to where they can produce movies or television. Uh, and there's there's a a book club. Uh, podcast if people want to know more about it's called uh, heroes of the horn and there are a couple guys that i listen to that do a game of thrones podcast and a uh, star wars podcast matt and ezra they're doing a reread of that too and they they're only like four chapters in so if somebody wants to get on the ground floor and follow along with those guys because uh ezra is a school teacher and he loves the series and read all the books and his partner's going through it for the first time so there's some good uh it's a good banter there learning and following along Okay. A little shout out for those guys. Well, I'm actually, I have a little bit of input I can do on this, and I want to ask GRB a question to kind of answer his question. Uh, I know in the when he asked us, he said he's more excited about this than the Lord of the Rings um, series, live-action series that's going to be on. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't know anything about that series, the Lord of the Rings live-action series. I know it's Lord of the Rings, so I like it. So I'll probably end up watching it or giving it a shot to see you know, if it's going to be pretty good, and more than likely, it's going to be pretty good. So... I want to ask GRB, based on what he was saying, why are you more excited with that about this than Lord of the Rings? Is it because you are familiar with this uh, franchise and we haven't seen it yet and we've already seen Lord of the Rings? Or do you think it's going to be a better series than Lord of the Rings could ever produce? As far as, you know, it, it's a wild mythology with Lord of the Rings. There's a ton to learn. It's a, it's a whole 
there's language. It's a new world, yeah. Yeah, it's an entire different uh, universe. I, so I did saying, ask him. He said he's read them. He said he really likes okay. He's read all of them. Okay. Oh, wow. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just didn't know if maybe he, he felt like they're a better story than, than the Lord of the Rings story. You know, um, it could oh, be. I didn't ask so. that. Oh. I probably should have. That's, that's a good question. Well, well just a little bit I've read them. about it. It just it, it says that it draws on numerous elements of European and Asian mythology. So think about, I mean, that that sounds like a really interesting mix of thoughts. I mean, I, only I can think about is just the imagery. That's that's all I can really yeah. think about. <laughs> well, and you really that would think be about really, really awesome. Yeah, and you got to think about it too. If Lord of the Rings came out, however long ago it came out, I mean, before I was in college, so it's got to be 20 years ago, um, it looked beautiful then. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine what they could do with something now, know. you know, with, with that kind of... Uh, um, technology it's insane but um Sounds i don't really know a lot, anything else about it chris do you have anything you wanted to add to it i know you I don't think you knew a whole lot about no, the show. I, it. I, I mean i did a little bit of looking up what it was yeah. but i mean a lot of comparisons to lord of the rings so it'll be interesting to see you know how how far along they are in production and how are they going to kind of market this you know i think lord of the rings i mean i in my opinion, I think Lord of the Rings is more known, it seems, just as because of the movies. Right. So it's got a quick, it's got a more mainstream kind of buildup than Wheel of Time. But I know Wheel of Time being as around as long as it is, it's got a literary following, but um, a it'll dedicated be following. Yeah, very dedicated following. The people so. that know it love it. Yeah, exactly. So they've already got that crowd waiting. So I'm just curious to see how do they market this and not get too many comparisons. Like, wait a minute, is that Lord of the Rings or, you know, so it'll be interesting to see whenever it comes out, how they're going to do it. I would, I would kind of compare it to honestly game of Thrones before the series came out, because if if you were in the book realm and you knew a game of Thrones, because like George put his first book out in the late eighties. So, you know what I'm saying? If in the night before the show came out, like if you were in the club, like people knew it and really loved it. And now it's mainstream because you know the show or whatever. So I would say it's on that same equivalent. So if they do it right, it could be just because the people that are diehard about it, they are diehard and they're in that, you know what I mean? They're in that circle of knowing that kind of stuff. Makes sense. Well, it seems like they could mark it off of, you know, because especially all the interest that Game of Thrones had and then Mm -hmm. you can kind of, you know, build on that. Probably the folks, you know, that watch Game of Thrones would probably be the the um, market that would probably watch this as well. well I mean, the same ones they're going to go for the Lord of the Rings show, which yeah. that I like. Greg said that has a notoriety to it. Being mm-hmm. yeah, like Tolkien was known for just his writing work before Peter Jackson made the you know the acclaimed mm-hmm. three movies. So, well, my question is, do you like? Is there more of a um, what is it, Wheel of Time following as far as the the literary the books go? Then no there idea. was maybe Lord of the Rings before Lord of the Rings hit theaters. I doubt I know, it. I don't. And I know when it hit theaters, it was very popular. But I knew Lord of the Rings, or at least The Hobbit, and that 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 lore yes. before yeah. it ever hit theaters. I've never because, heard of Wheel of Time. Well, Tolkien was more mainstream. Like his books okay. came out, and like especially The Hobbit, like it was came yeah. around at a time where there really wasn't a lot of TV and radio, and it was per- you could read it to the, like a whole family book. You know what I mean? Like The Hobbit's more of like a. It's a good book, but it, I would consider it more of like a junior reader novel. You know what I mean? Not like a little kid book, but not super adult either like it's it's literally but that's why you read it in school a lot of time because it was for you know everybody a junior novel and then well, I knew came a... and he just expanded on the mythology and it just kept going you know what i mean and he was just at that right circumstance the shitstorm when tv wasn't as popular and it was just radio dramas and people were reading yeah 
Yeah, because I was more familiar with The Hobbit before um, right. everything else, Lord of the Rings, and all that kind of all that came out. So that that kind of what piqued my you, um, interest. We read it in my middle school English class, uh, The Hobbit, when I was like I said in middle school. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, um, has anybody else got anything to say about that? Uh, like I said, I don't have a lot to put into it, but just questions I could ask and post one to JRB and see what he says about it. I was going to say, um, I, would, I would love for JRB to expand our knowledge because apparently he is well-versed in it. Okay. Might have to have him on and talk about it one day whenever it starts out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Right, cool. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get to our next topic then. And um, Chris, I'm going to start you off with this one, man. Um. You were sent us a label by DC Black Label, and I know when I'm going to comics and stuff of that nature, I'm going to you to ask you about that stuff. So get us going with this DC Black Label news that's come out recently. Yeah, um, Bleeding Bleeding Cool put out an article on the 7th, I think that was Tuesday this week, uh, headline read, DC Comics puts Black Label and Generation 5 titles on pause. You know, we know what's going on with COVID and Diamond stopping shipping. I just saw that the site... Uh, cheap graphic novels has been going to other distributors instead of Diamond. Diamond's got basically the biggest monopoly on distributing the comics, and they're not shipping new ones. Well, they're getting ready. They've just announced that they are getting ready to ship new comics officially next week, going through other distributors and basically thumbing their nose at Diamond. Um, but uh, with this, a lot of publishers have not released digitally and and uh, in print. But um, looks like the it goes into the idea that DC has told most creators to originally that full steam ahead. Um, however, they've learned that the editorial and production shift uh, to get uh, to make some changes that they are being told that anyone any a few creators on Black Label and the 5G project have been told to cease production. Um, 5G was scheduled to this was supposed to be the a new relaunch of a a whole big company-wide relaunch of DC titles um, in October, but its future has been in doubt since the departure of Dan DiDio uh, that took place a little while back. And, you know, Black Label is kind of their DC's more mature line. Um, It, you know, I wouldn't call it necessarily an Elseworlds necessarily, but it is taking characters like White Knight is a part of the Black Label uh, Harley Quinn, uh, Batman Damned, uh, they've all been kind of black label and it's gotten a really, I mean, they, they, I mean, the creators that have been on those books it's, I don't think it's had a dud yet. Yeah. That's two of the three three series recently that I have on my shelf right now. So, yeah. (laughs) yeah. So, you know, with 5g, we know it's, it's been meeting with a lot of criticism ever since it kind of got, and bleeding cool is one of the ones who broke the story on 5g. Um, I mean, a lot of stuff's been going on there, but I found it interesting that, uh, you know, Dan DeDeal was on the show uh, this week called um, Drink and Draw Social Club. Um, it's a YouTube show where, you know, you got creators like Casada and other artists that are just chatting and talking and drawing. Um, and he was asked, he proposed like he his biggest regret. And they were really classy about it. They didn't necessarily ask him, you know, why'd you get fired or why'd you leave or anything like that. But he's the one who brought it up. He said his biggest regret was not spending the same amount of energy on year two of New 52 mm-hmm. as they did with year one of New 52. Yeah. He said, we spent a good six to eight, eight months building New 52, rethinking the characters, rethinking the designs, the wow. villains, everything. 
And as things progressed, it moved quicker. We spent less time on development and we were spending less energy and changes and characters felt like it was that they were worthy of a new direction. By the time they got to the third year, they were just like kind of dropping things in. Um, things were starting to change. And so when they got to Rebirth, they reinstituted a lot of things they were missing in New 52. And, you know, he said that if you're changing and evolving, if you're not changing and evolving, you're stagnant. You, you, the books can't stay the same forever, but right. you need to keep it with the same energy. And hearing him say that, I mean, one, it's always, it, it's always a humbling moment to say, you know, you got a big fault, but that, I, I, that rings so true looking back on New 52. Yep. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's. Well, isn't it's, that where some of the best Batman stories came from? Was the first year of New Fifty Two? I think the whole line of, I mean, it was Snyder and Capullo. They were, I think that's one of well, the biggest bright yeah. spots of New Fifty Two right. with Batman. But here's the problem agree. with New Fifty Two with Batman: he really didn't reboot. You know, neither did right. Green, Lan- Green. No, Lantern Green Lantern continued, right? Continued. I mean, they yeah. entered, they mourned, brought in to the forefront. Um, well, wasn't Lantern just coming off of like the Lantern War and the Sinestro mm-hmm. War and all that? Like it was like at the height of you know, like he just brought Hal back and they were booming with all the Lantern yeah. Wars, right? But yeah, the Green the Green Lantern's title went to Jessica Cruz, right. and you right. know, so I mean, certain titles like it was just it was kind of Which, a muddled start, even though like Batman had been around did, for only five years, but yet did Nightwing Jessica, Cruz and, did come from the New Fifty Two, right? Jessica Cruz, I, she come from the New Fifty Two. Uh, I be- yes, but because you. she had the she had the uh, she had the the weird Green Lantern ring for a while, right? The one from Earth Two. Uh, yes, 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 yes. So yeah, 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 the she crime could, syndicate. Yeah. So like, she, she's yeah, one she of the was, bright spots that come out. Yeah, of, she came out of the Dark Side Wars, I think. Well, I'm just saying, like, she's something that's carried over. That you know what I mean? Like, people, uh, she's been widely popular. Oh yeah. So, yeah, she came right out of Dark Side Wars, so then brought her forward to the full front with Rebirth and everything. I'm just like trying that. to bring some positives up. No, no. I mean, it, there, <laughs> there, there are some decent positives with New 52, but, you know, what he says rings true. But then bringing in, you know, I bring that up just related to 5G, it kind of rings true with what happened with 5G. I mean, I mean, Doomsday Clock was supposed to kind of oh. bring that in. It got so delayed that... Mm-hmm. They couldn't. I mean, it was an amazing story when I think every single issue was just knock out of the park. But they had to change a lot of things because this was supposed to be taking place in a. This was supposed to be. There was supposed to be a leap ahead at that mm-hmm. point after, and it never happened because it got so delayed. Um, and so it'd be interesting to see if five G ever happens because, you know, I think this might be the cover that DC has wanted with the delay with the uh, stopping a, of you know, publishing and different things because of the, you know, the pandemic that mm-hmm. they might be able to basically uh, kind of push 5G under the rug, maybe salvage some parts of it and just focus on Snyder's death metal run and see what happens as a result of that. I can't um, help but snicker when you say 5G because the conspiracy people out there, <laughs> 5G's what's causing Corona. Like I've heard, I don't know, so I just, and Adidas causing Corona? Oh no! There's people in the in Britain that have literally burned down cell phone towers because they think that 5G is caused is either created the virus or the radiation waves it puts off makes your body susceptible to it so that you can't fight off the the infection. I'll Swear to the, God, that's a real I, thing. I, I will take the line from from uh, Jack Nicholson's character in The Departed. We're all on our way out. Let's just act accordingly. All right. I'm following. I'm following <laughs> you. Chris. Let's do it. Um, but you know, it's just 
it, this is tied to the weight, but I really hope, especially with Black Label 5G, that no one's ever come out too much officially from DC and said one way or another. So if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to be too brokenhearted. I think what I have heard would be interesting in the sense of, you know, one of the biggest ideas was our main stays of characters, your Bat- Batman, Superman, we're mm-hmm. no longer going to be Batman and Superman. Like Bruce was either going to go away and Lucas, uh, Luke Fox was going to be the new Batman. And, isn't, um, Jonathan isn't Black Kent, Label where we saw Little Wayne on Batman? You know what I'm saying? And that, isn't that where they published that at? Uh, <laughs> well, no, isn't, isn't that what it was? Wasn't that the first <laughs> Black Label comic? Uh, the first Black Label was, I think, White Knight. Oh, okay. Okay. Great run. Because I remember, uh, I remember that whole controversy, you know, and seeing bat dingling out there. Oh, you're Ooh. talking about, bat- are you talking about Batman Dance? That's Batman Dance. Yeah, that's yep. what, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, I was wondering, Little Wayne, what are you talking about? Yeah, when they <laughs> Little Wayne out and it causes the whole With, I you know, you. everyone, when they started hearing about that, saying, oh my God, Luke Fox going to be Batman? <laughs> There's only one Batman, and then, you know, Jonathan Kent taking over as Superman, and, and I'm just like, guys, um, you you want to know the interesting thing about stories? Remember how long Superman stayed dead? Remember how long Bruce's back was broken? Guess who eventually came back? You know, mm-hmm. and guess how when Bruce died in spoiler alert Final Crisis, mm-hmm. and oh, then you had you ruined it. They had then you had Dick Grayson take over the cow, and then when Bruce came back to life, Dick got to still be Batman while Batman gallivanted and did Batman Incorporated. These are stories; they can change. And mm-hmm. I think Didio said something very interesting in the in that uh, talk this week that he took a cue from Marvel saying the thing that we I tried to bring to DC was what Marvel does is that two things we have to keep in line is or the origin of the character and consistency in the sense of relate you know consistency in the sense of like certain things that have been there we kind of refer back to every so often you know. And he says, that's, that's, and you kind of keep it fresh. If you just keep those two things in mind, who, you know, <laughs> things can change. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to take it that literally, you got to look at it. What's Batman been around? He's hit 75 years, like what, like two, two year, year ago, two years ago. And I look, I look still at 40. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, he just hit 75 years. And, uh, you know, if you're saying he came into it when he was, you know, in his twenties, then the guy's 95 years old technically now. So, I mean, there's going to be different variations of, of the of the character put out there, and that's that's what we love about this, right? It, it, it is the different storylines. Like, that's why it's so difficult for people who get so focused or, or, or irritated about, well, that's not my Batman or that's not my Superman or any character, Iron Man, anything else, because that's not what they liked in the comics. But there's tons of different variations of all these comic book characters, and, that's and it's what been makes- like that forever, so it's going to continue, I, I would hope. In the and future, was, even, even if it means bringing in a new character to play that role, you're still. If they brought in a new person to play Batman, that would be in one line of Batman comics. You'd still have seven or eight or nine Batman comics with Bruce Wayne as Batman, hmm. right? And, yeah, and I think that's what makes Black Label so important. So I hope it's just a pause. I hope they don't get rid of it because I think there's been a lot of excitement. There has been so many good creations out of that and continuations from it. So that's why creators like going to that when they get to stretch your legs. Why do you think Image Comics is so huge? People, 
one of the, those creators also enjoy doing kind of the Marvel and DC, but getting to stretch your legs for an independent publisher that they own their characters, they own the rights to it, and they get to do what they want with them. I mean, that that is something that can't be passed up. So, yeah. but some interesting news coming out of it. So we'll right. see what happens. I agree, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Anybody else got any points they want to bring out about it? I know Chris, you you had the bulk of that. You you know the most about it. I just kind of. You know, everybody's kind of threw points, little, little points in here or there. But uh, Sarah, anything listening. you want to say or anybody? I'm just listening. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I, I think you're right. I mean, it, I just it, say that's Chris's like, realm. He knows. That's Chris's <laughs> realm. That's right. It's kind of like right. what I told you guys earlier. It's um, I would love to get into reading more comics, but I really don't know where to start, to be well, honest with you. <laughs> let me give you – I'll give you a free uh, – nickel's worth of free advice at this point. If you don't mind doing something digitally, Comixology mm-hmm. is running – I think they're gone to – for you know everyone staying at home right now i think they're doing a six they've extended from a 30-day to a 60-day trial for comiXology unlimited and i know they have like literally curated stuff for like first time to batman like first time reading this or that at that point they have stuff that you can kind of look through and kind of get a starting point with so right if you're, you're cool with reading digitally that's where i would st- i would definitely get a free sign up for comiXology unlimited for 60 days totally worth it that sounds great sounds great i mean anything to because like i said you know like i told you guys watchman was the last thing last um graphic novel i read so (laughs) and i have like a few comics from back in the 80s that you know i picked up at the grocery store my mom took me so other than that but that'd be great that'd be great something other than you know something a little more fun to read (laughs) got pictures i'll read it (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. Well, uh, <clears throat> let's go ahead and move on. <clears throat> and uh, Sarah, I'm going to have you lead this one off. Uh, new show. I didn't watch any of it because I don't have access to watch it, and I've never been into that kind of thing, but that doesn't mean it's not. It's a bad show. Or I'd love to watch it at some point in time, but talk to me about Picard. I've never seen it either, but I do want to, but I'm curious to what you guys got to say because I have not seen a single frame. Okay. Not, I'm, I'm going to try to do this. Spoiler free. Spoil it. Who cares? We're good. <laughs> yeah, spoil it. Yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert. Um, spoiler. Three, two, one. Talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Talk three, about two, one, it. Free. Yeah. That's 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 um, one thing that I've kind of. Um, I'm a Trekkie. I'm not gonna lie. Um, it's that's one of my that's one of my greatest loves. Um, Next generation. Loved it. Voyager's my favorite. DS9. Love it. Love it. Love it. So when I found out about Picard, I think I literally squealed like a little girl um it, it was what i was hoping it was going to be was a continuation not a regurgitation of the next generation but just a um a extended of this the story like where they were after the fact so i really kind of walked into it without any preconceived notions so after watching the first episode um because a lot of this starts um, after Nemesis, I know that's one of the movies that got a lot of, I don't know, I don't really, I wouldn't say backlash, but a lot of negativity or whatnot. Matter of fact, that was the first time I was introduced to Tom Hardy, to be honest with you. So, um, <laughs> it was really, he was, um, Shenzhen, he was spot so. on. He was spot on in that <laughs> film. That was probably one of the biggest hey, bright spots of that won't movie. Wasn't he great? <laughs> he was fantastic. But seeing that, and I've read a lot of, um, Star Trek literature, especially the um, 
the Titan series. There's one series. It's a three book series that is it's really awesome. It kind of explores more of like from the start to finish of the Borg, um, that kind of timeline. So if if you're familiar with Picard uh, as Lacutus, that kind of falls along that line. But um, considering the fact that a lot of the after things or after stories of Next Generation, like I said, literally falls after Nemesis. So I was kind of curious to see how they would handle that as far as referring back to it. So the first episode, when you see Picard actually in a dreamlike sequence talking to Data, that was a big thing because you're already as, since you knew this, if you're familiar with the story and so you see Picard talking to Data after Nemesis with, with Data, that was kind of a, um, kind of gets you in the, the feels, so, so to speak. Um, <laughs> at least for me it did. So I'm just sitting there with my mouth wide open like, oh my gosh. But um, but to see how with the, the synth, how they followed that storyline from starting with Data and the thought that, or the idea that a lot of these, these synths are offspring of Data. That really blew my mind too. It was because after... Now, I'm not one of those where I can say it was this specific episode of the next generation, this, that, and other, but I could say that data had his daughter Lal and seeing that episode and how that didn't work out well. And then when they bring in Bruce Maddox, how he interacted with data and trying to bring him back to study him. And then, you know, data saying, or especially Picard going to bat for data saying you are an actual individual. You are a, um, you're not just a machine. That that right there just kind of built on to what they were leading into with the whole Picard series. Um, another thing was the nostalgia that hit me. It's just, <laughs> I know I'm kind of going back and forth, but it's, it's just uh, one of those things where you're just like, oh my gosh, wow. Seeing Riker and Troy and the okay. fact that, and their interaction, how once they saw Picard, it was like, boom, we're we're back to where 20 years ago, where we were sitting on the bridge or either in the ready room and that kind of thing. And the way Troy approached things and Riker, I loved how the fact that he just jumped in. He said, you know, I'll, I'll listen. I'll, you know, I'll do what I can. I'm here for you. He's always his number one and he was still his number one. But um, this this series from start to finish, there was oh man, there was just so much to really to draw in. I mean, I I keep telling myself I want to do another rewatch, but I haven't yet. <laughs> but it's just I keep reading things and just thinking things over, and just like the whole with the the Borg and the XBs and seeing Hugh and seeing seven of nine, you know, bringing in all of that kind of thing. It just, it, I don't want to spoil everything for you guys. I really don't. Go ahead. Don't. No. Yes, go right ahead. I plan on watching it one day, but right, by the time I get to it, it's, I'll forget. Yeah, I'll forget. Well, let me exactly. ask you this. Has anybody seen the next generation? Yes. No, I haven't. 
Not all the way through, but I've seen episodes. Okay. Uh, have you? Has anybody seen Voyager? Yes. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you only start. Our we're, start, no, we're, start we're noticing. Track. Have you seen here. the original series? <laughs> no. Well, I've no. seen little bits and pieces of it when I was younger. The only Star Trek that I'm familiar with is the new Calvin timeline stuff. Me too. Uh, yeah, okay. that's the only stuff. And I love. Okay. Oh, oh, love yeah. It. That's very interesting. You say that. Yes, okay. interesting. You say that as well because um, when you actually have Picard walking into, because he has retired because. Um, Chris, I don't know if you want to jump in and kind of help me kind of explain this as well, but basically what has happened, you've taken from the, the first Star Trek Kelvin movie, the, um, destruction of Romulus. Yeah. Yeah. That actually plays into it. So it, Picard actually gives relevance to the actual Kelvin timeline because you're actually, they're actually... yeah, they're actually talking about events that have happened. Um, I think mm. another thing was when, because, see, what was it? With the Romulus, with the destruction of Romulus, basically they were blaming it on, well, no, that's before that. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> <laughs> I know, there's like, there's so much thing, there's like so much destruction and so much things that have, have gone on. Because the issue with the sense, it basically, the Romulans have, have basically come in to say that the um, synthetic life is bad. So with they kind of, with the destruction of Mars, blamed it on all of the synthetic synthetics that were there. So that created the ban on synthetics since they blamed them on um, the destruction of Mars. Yeah, and Picard had mm-hmm. had tried to you know, mm-hmm. his his big thing with Starfleet is, is to protect all life at that point. That's how mm-hmm. he always viewed Starfleet. However, the Romulans had been, you know, kind of next to the Klingons at that point, a, a biggest thorn in Yeah, their threat, side. like their enemy, like they, that kind uh, of thing. And Picard basically went on a limb saying, we need to save these people. We need to take them, repopulate the Romulans on, on, on other worlds. We need to, and he basically had to beg Starfleet you know, now he's Admiral Picard to to relaunch this mission. And so as the on Mars was where they were getting ready to launch this huge armada to like take the Romulan refugees, uh, a secret organization, the Talashir, I believe is how you say it. Yeah, um, Talashir. And then you also Talashir. had the other one that was like the, I can never remember the name of that one. They were <laughs> yeah, like I, the black ops, basically. Yeah, and, and so they got into the synthetics programming and made them rebel and kill, Mm -hmm. destroy Mars, basically. Like, Mars is burning still. And and years later, because of the destruction they caused, and basically Starfleet called off the whole whole rescue and outlawed all synthetics from there on out. And then um, Picard basically said, well, if you don't like it, you know, I'll I'll resign. And they were like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> so he walked away and that's what happened with Rafi because she basically followed him and then she ended up getting in essence fired as well so I thought an, another thing was really cool about the entire series was seeing Picard interact with another crew because you're so used to seeing him with um, like Riker and Troy and LaForge and Worf and all in data and to see him and like I said it's his it's 20 years later. 
so you always wonder what happened after the end of the next generation. Where did he, they go? Because the next time you see Picard was the very beginning of DS9 when he's sitting at sitting in the office of the station and then Cisco walks in. And Which so that's is probably the- one of the best intros <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. Well, Cisco that. was not a big fan of Picard anyways yeah. because he blamed him for his wife's death after a Battle of Warp 359. Yeah, exactly. So that was interesting because that basically that was the first time that you really saw Picard after... Um... Well, Go ahead. Oh, I was saying, well, <laughs> what makes... What, what, what makes even, like, you're just adding on to your point, what makes this interesting mm-hmm. is this is the first Star Trek we have seen in the future. Yes. Everything mm-hmm. has been kind of... In, in the, the same past, timeline. In the well, same timeline or in the mm-hmm. past. Like, Discovery is in the past. Yeah. Um, uh, like, or like you said, in the same timeline or or on the same time pa- timeline, mm-hmm. we have not seen Star Trek in the future. So this is the first time we've seen, and, and like we said, Picard has thought Starfleet has lost its way and has right. made that very very clear. But one of the things that was interesting, you know, going back to what you're talking about with Data and seeing that Brett Spiner was one of his reasons for signing on to this show was that he was very emphatic: I will only sign on if you keep Data dead. Data, mm-hmm. that death has to matter and that death has to stay intact for mm-hmm. me to sign on. And so the show is, is really a, a wrestling with mortality and what mortality is. And, absolutely. And- absolutely. Especially with Picard, because you knew he had some sort of anomaly. He had sort some sort because Crusher had that had been introduced in in previous episodes. Yes. So to know that that was there, and even in Nemesis, it was even mentioned then. So, um, so it was really interesting that. But the the one thing I really loved about Picard was the fact that it was grittier. It wasn't the perfect utopia that. It wasn't the perfect utopia that a lot of the other, like like the Next Generation. Right. Show. It wasn't, you know, everything wasn't nice, clean, and, you know, perfect. And, you know, like we have such a perfect, you know, utopia going on, that kind of thing. You know, you showed that, yeah, people had issues, people had problems, people smoking things. I don't even know what that was. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It it was. It was just so like they kept the focus on Picard. Like this wasn't like a we're going to see him on the Enterprise. We're going to see him in command of a ship. He is not in command. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a whole new group of people. Exactly. And I liked it. And I liked it that, you know, we get little little Easter eggs here and there. But the episode with Riker and, and, and Troy. Troy, that was obviously, I think a lot of us, are our favorite episode. Not just to see them, but just how well it worked. Right. And it was just so great. And I the... I my I have two problems with the series, just two problems, and one's a selfish thing, and one I thought was a decision that came out of nowhere, and I just like, all right, they better develop this next season because I, I it seems kind of a throwaway. The the last episode where basically we Starfleet comes in, guns uh-huh. blazing with their, uh-huh. and Riker's at the helm as active captain of the flagship of their new class of of kick-ass Starfleet, you know, Starfleet ship. And basically, I so wanted to see a battle. 
Like he basically, mm-hmm. he, he said the following line saying, and I hope you, you know, basically neg- trying to say, if you don't listen to me, I hope you give me the excuse to launch everything and blow you all to hell at that point. It didn't happen, but it was so Riker. And I just yeah. wanted to see that battle so badly, but we didn't, you know, budgets and everything. So that's probably mm-hmm. why. But the other thing was the whole Raffi seven of nine hinting at they're having a relationship. Yes. That yes. one made me think, Yes. Yep. Where did that happen? And then I started reading stuff. Well, we kind of said it in this episode that no, okay, sure. We no, you didn't. No, you didn't. You, 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 didn't, you didn't do a good enough Mm-mm. job at that point. I mean, I get it, but I love seeing seven, but everyone they brought back, Riker, Troy, seven, Hugh, they were not brought back to say, Oh, we're seeing, you know, it's a reunion. No, they all had a purpose. And they all had a reason to be there. There was it was not just for fan service. And I think that's one of the best decisions of the show was not to, you know, just bring back old old cast members. Like I hope next season, you know, I already we already know we're getting Whoopi Goldberg coming back as Guinan. We already know that uh, Picard offer. Uh, uh, yeah, I only know him as Picard. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sir Patrick Stewart offered, yeah. uh, formally offered her the role. He wants her to come back. She's accepted. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, we all want other fan castings. You know, we would love to see where Worf is. We would want to see where Jordy is. Uh, I want to say that um, LeVar Burton has mentioned something about being back next season. Yeah, I mean, it would be. I don't know, I don't know if it's like set in stone yet, but I think I read I somewhere that. like yeah. some of the pre, like some of the, either the comics or like before Picard, you know, like leading up to it, I think, or some of the novelizations have said, mm-hmm. I think Worf is at, is the captain of mm-hmm. the Enterprise. We'll see. Considering Riker what Riker is now supposedly too. the captain of <laughs> the Titan, but yeah, well, he was the acting captain. I think yeah. he's kind of retired, but I think he kind of got Starfleet's act together, and he could dust off that amazing uniform. The only <laughs> thing I missed, the only thing I missed about Riker being his cap, or you know, being the captain or whatnot, is could you at least throw your leg over the chair? <laughs> could you at least well, do that? That's well, all I asked for. Got some beer but back problems, so I don't know. If he, he had the he had the lean. <laughs> <laughs> he, does. He, he is loving that chair but uh, yeah you know but it's just cool it would just be cool to see Worf on the on enterprise even though it may not be the flagship anymore because of what happened in ds9 he was basically told he would never be a captain because of what happened with his a decision he made in ds9 but i guess other you know what i read was that he did get to be captain and it looked to be at the enterprise well the which, one thing about the one thing about picard is especially with um, Seven, with her storyline. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that she came in, and it really hit me when she was, like, basically the acting board queen. That was that, cool. Yeah, it, it was. But to me, I, I kind of felt like they should have gave it a little more storyline, because for her... Seeing her story in Voyager, considering Voyager was basically that's that's my favorite of the fan tra- franchise, basically. Wow, um, that's impressive. I mean, I like it that. is. I, I, I mean, you don't see many people that give Voyager a lot of credit that it does deserve. Yeah, I mean, I I absolutely love it. I mean, I I give credit to Janeway. I love Janeway. I mean, it's is and Seven oh, yeah. was one of, Seven was a, one of those characters that kind of grew on me a bit. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like um, there's a couple of characters in Discovery that have grown on me, but that's 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 another show. So, um, <laughs> but the fact of the matter that she took over that and basically was the acting queen 
And for her to say, you know, to make that decision since she fought so hard for her, her individuality and then to bring everybody in. I mean, I understood why she did it, but then I kind of under, then I also understand the turmoil of how she brought everybody together and she felt them. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like it should have been a little bit more, not so blase when all the XBs were kind of blown out. So yeah. That that was one thing I kind of had a little bit of issue with, because um, I felt like that that might have been something that was kind of glossed over a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, and well, then the I whole think, thing. Well, I think have, that they don't. I don't. They, the conversation that she and, and Picard have at one point mm-hmm. where, you know, being Picard was locutus, not for you know he was assimilated in the collective for not as long as Seven was. Seven was assimilated as 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 a child, right. and. And she'd been living with longer and the conversation they have is basically, you know, looking at their humanity. Do you, mm. do you feel human? Yes. Do you, do you feel fully human? And no, 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 no yeah. they don't because they lost something being assimilated. I mean, even the, one of the Borg, the XBs recognize mm-hmm. him and say, Locutus, you know, and, and he still, I mean, first context, probably one of my favorite movies of the next generation <sighs> Absolutely, movies. Absolutely. Yes. And just the, anger the outright anger he has i mean my favorite sequence in that movie is just like you know when he's talking with um alfred woody's woodard's character and just saying they you know they 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 go and assimilate entire world you know they they push us up they push us back we fall back they assimilate entire world and we fall Mm -hmm. back the line must be drawn here they took something from me and i'm gonna hurt them yeah Exactly. It's, it's almost like a revenge because you, you always see that whenever in, when the Borg is mentioned or Locutus or anything, you just see it on Picard's face, like that whole like revulsion and revenge. And it's just like just utter hatred of. Yeah, it's, it's pretty um, it's pretty um, intense. <laughs> but I mean, for for people who like just want to even give it a shot, I mean, there are a lot of good. You know, I, I know Greg you said you you haven't watched it, you want to, but you don't know where to start. There are a lot of different things you like, like pre-watching of episodes, like from Next Generation and and Voyager that people have listed. Like, watch this, this, and this, or watch this, this, and this. So that way, you kind of get an idea of some of the stories going on there. I mean, it is, it's not one that I agree. You can't just enter it because there's a lot of history with it. Like, right. like Discovery, you can totally, I think, enter into it mm-hmm. and still enjoy it without you you'll enjoy it more if you have seen original and and some of the original movies but you know discovery is a great one just to start off in but picard yeah you do need to do a little bit of homework it's not one you okay. can easily jump into well i mean it's Go, go ahead. Okay, okay. No, go ahead, Greg. I want to hear your. <laughs> well, I was going to say I'm sitting here listening to y'all, and I know nothing about this, but I do have a few questions I've been writing down. Um, and one of them was actually what you're just talking about, Chris, right there, where. I was going to ask you if I'm a person who, knowing the knowledge I have of Star of Star Trek, and very little, I've, I've seen those. <laughs> he almost about to say Star Wars with all the Star Trek people. And I'm going to kill you. I, I almost did. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I had to stop myself. Um, Roddenberry and Lucas got along, so you just remember that. That's <laughs> okay. right. Um, of somebody of my knowledge, and I was going to ask you where a good starting point would be if I wanted to start to follow this. If this is a good starting point, but you just kind of answered that one, so that knocks it out of the park. So I had two more questions I want to ask. One, yeah, we're talking about the the Talshier. Talshier. Mm-hmm. Talshier. Okay. And you couldn't remember the name of the other one. I'm gonna try to pronounce it. Is it Zot Vosh? 
Yes. Hot dog. Yeah. Very good. Hot dog. Hey. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> and uh, and then the third was um, y'all are talking about this in such a manner that uh, based on what I've seen of Star Trek so far, and uh, the the slight knowledge I had before because I've never watched the series, the episodes, the movies, but I know of them. And I've seen bits and pieces of this and that. And I know a little bit of the mythology of, of Star Trek. Um, y'all want to cover some Star Trek movies in the future? Because uh, I'm totally down to watch them and talk about them. I got yeah. one more for you. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to drop something in the in the chat if you want to put it in the show notes. Um, sure. Just a kind of, it's called the Essential Trek Viewing Guide, uh, what to watch before diving into Picard. It's just a series of next generation and voyager episodes mm -hmm. that way you get a better idea so you know who's what yeah that kind of thing you yeah. get kind of an idea of the history behind mm -hmm. some of these not everyone but enough where you can appreciate and recognize what's it's, going it, on it's the cliff notes before you go do your essay right basically mm -hmm. okay. star trek for dummies and you got any questions man or anything you want to know they just they made me want to watch it but like i right. should have uh, thought the extra hit you know what i mean it's just I, I would I'd like to read that uh, that little guide Chris is going to put out there. Well, you know the essential things to watch or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I definitely want to. I definitely want to plug a, a show, a great show. Um, I definitely consider them friends at that point. Uh, Matt Carroll and David C. Robertson, yes. mm -hmm. a Star yes. Trek Universe podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. They they launched it, I believe it was last year or no, 2018. They launched in 2018, oh. but they also did kind of a. As they did it, every episode for every Picard, episode. and then kind of like a like a synopsis and whatnot. And they're because apparently, retrospective. yeah, exactly. And then also, um, just like episodes to watch beforehand on top of movies stuff like that. But yeah, they're they're definitely huge Trekkies, even way bigger than me. Okay, <laughs> it's it's funny because when I've I've listened to their podcast, <laughs> I've agreed with a few things they've said, and I've disagreed with a few things. That's kind of like with you guys. I'm like, I'm yelling at my radio. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Seriously? So yeah, I, was, it's, well, I would, I would love to talk to them about that at some point. But um, but like I said, they can re they can throw out titles of episodes, and I'm not really into you know I, my little brain just can't remember all of that. <laughs> well, yeah, I just I'm dropped, to... I just, I just dropped it in there for y'all to look at. Okay, right. cool. I'm actually going to put a note in the show notes right here uh, to contact them and to start a Star Wars, Star Trek. Oh, I almost did it again. <laughs> Don't I, you I, do, I it do it now. <laughs> a Star Trek segment and, uh, and, and start to review the movies. And they'd sound like a good group of podcasters to listen to. So maybe we can get them on sometime and talk to Star Trek with us. Well, like so. I said, what's, what's really interesting, like I said, is especially with Nemesis, because I've read a lot of, I won't say a whole lot, but I've read a lot of the... Um, books and like i said i have to tell i have to share with you guys one of the one trilogy that i think is really cool especially if you're into the borg it's kind of like um into the a borg. sidebar That's yeah i'm writing that down it's, Recommend it's, away. Go ahead. it's kind of like a, it's it's one that i came across and i i thoroughly enjoyed it i've probably read it two or three times and like i said there's three books it's the titan series um this author he also has another one that i came across um i have a good friend of mine that he always picks up books and whatnot from um, secondhand stores. And, and so he gave me a bag, a Star Trek bag with like full of books. 
<laughs> and it was this same author, and it was one book out of, out of another trilogy that actually follows. It's almost like kind of like Data's storyline um, with him trying to work on his humanity and create like a um like his offspring that kind of thing so mm-hmm. i haven't i haven't started i've got to get the first and, and third book i've got the second book but um that's another one i'm going to look into but it's it's really interesting to me that everything starts after nemesis after the whole deal with shinzon and how that fuck is basically shinzon is a clone of picard um and how that kind of works out but um that's something I'm gonna look into, but I'll share with you guys if if you're interested in reading a little bit further. <laughs> but um, knowledge is power. Yes, okay? absolutely. I, heard that a lot I know I Nathan, you're all about this, the Star Wars. You know, going yeah. into that other. So I'm right. going into the Star Trek one. So. <laughs> uh, hey, well, y'all did a great job talking about that. Absolutely. I said you made me want to watch it. Uh, we basically so, just scratched the surface. We didn't even reveal uh, uh, everything. I don't want to. Well, is there anything else you want to tell them everything? Oh, no, got no, no. There's, we, we, we'd speak for episodes upon episodes. Just if we've already hooked <laughs> you. Chris, there's, okay, there's Chris, let me ask you this. And without giving anything away, what were your thoughts of the final episode for the season? What Which was yours? <laughs> well, that's I mean, a, just. That's a loaded question. <laughs> um,. Were you satisfied, or do you feel like it may have gone a little bit further, less? The the problem with knowing that... (laughs) The the thing is, the problem knowing there's going to be a second and third season, certain things I knew were going to lose their edge. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'll leave it at that. It didn't ruin it for me. It brings a new dynamic to it. But I understood what they did. Mm-hmm. and why they did it it just it didn't have the same edge if i didn't know they were going to have a second or third season mm-hmm. so do you, feel, do you feel like it could have ended there that's that's kind of way i look at it because i kind of look at it like it, a, a storyline unto it, itself it, 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 it yeah I, I it could have ended there at that point but it it would have it definitely would have just been interesting to see at that point but how if it I, th- I think it could have ended, but I'm glad it didn't because I'm glad we're seeing at least I think he's committed to two seasons. I've heard more things that it's going to basically be at most three. So yeah, I, I thought the ending was good for for what it did. Um, it wasn't the best season finale I've ever seen of all time. <laughs> but wrapping up the storyline and presenting a lot of different issues they hopefully come back. I don't know who of the main of this current cast was going to come back. But I'm very excited to see what new journeys we're having with Picard mm-hmm. and, you know, like what, again, what new. Because apparently we're going to have new ones now. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said, not to get too much away. But... Yeah, it's it, it's going to be interesting. It, it's. Yeah. It, what did what did you feel? It For the story. Now, I had a couple of issues with the storyline itself. Um, like with the sense himself with um, Soji, she was not one of my favorite characters. 
Um, but I did like, and his name has escaped the captain. I can, his name has escaped me. Oh, gotcha. I know you're, you know, you know what I'm talking about because I, I I loved his EMHs or his holograms. (laughs) I loved his holograms, especially his engineer. I was like, you had to have a Scottish accent, didn't you? You had to, (laughs) (laughs) but I I really enjoyed the characters. It, it took me, it probably took me till about episode four to really warm up to be honest with you um because a lot of them i just felt like especially raffi she was one that you know i kind of wondered what is actually your place where are you actually in this um but i think it was just a lot of chris rios yeah yes rios oh i i ended up loving him I absolutely did. He was, <laughs> but oh, I think he was something what, else. What, what made it was his history, was his backstory that he is yes. former Starfleet and why he got out. But you didn't get his backstory until about what the third to last episode. But I, I mean, think that's. Was... I, I thought that was perfect, just because it kept his character interesting and it brought this whole. When he finally brought in the backstory, it brought even more. Absolutely, and I think uh, it's setting of up an understanding. For, mm-hmm, I think it's setting up for probably the next season or whatnot because i mean he's definitely got to be there um but then also the doctor (laughs) why can't i remember these names are you talking about (laughs) allison Allison yes 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 she was one that was i'm like are you there for comic relief to be cute i mean what's going on but i i kind of i kind of got her character towards the end Girardi uh-huh. was just very interesting. She uh, was because it, she really had like the, the naivety of being of of dealing with the this you know the creation of the synth that kind of thing because she had worked with Maddox for so long, which you find out yes yeah, she worked with him all right, but um because as Nathan, and, as Nathan would say yeah I really worked him. Ah, <laughs> get him in more ways than one, but um. Her her character was was very interesting because it's almost like she had this this childlike naivety going into it, and then by the time she moves through you get towards the end of the season, she gets she's a little more ruthless. But then again, if you had a mind meld and saw what she saw, how would you handle it as well? You know what I mean? So, like I said, without. Without giving too much away, you guys have got to see it. It's only yeah. what eight you made me episodes. Want to watch it. Absolutely, <laughs> like, what eight episodes? It. <laughs> it's one afternoon. Y'all can handle that. <laughs> oh. Um. Well, do you guys have anything else you want to point out about it? Like I said, you can talk about it as long as you want to because it sounds like yeah. a very interesting show. And I know there's some Star Trek fans out there that have been wanting to hear this because we, I think this is the first Star Trek we've ever talked on, or excuse me, spoken on this show. I've been tar- uh, trying to talk is. you into it. Yeah, and you finally got me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you finally got me. So before we finish our first year, you finally got me. So there you go. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Got it under the wire. But um, if y'all have nothing else to say about that, man, we'll uh, we'll uh, <clears throat> walk into our next topic. I'm going to save all of Star Wars for last because we had a few topics for Star Wars, and then we'll just do Star Wars last. Um, so I'll walk into um, – the Batman news. Did everybody see the Batman news? I know it was uh, late. Not really late, but kind of um, close to the, the show. Wire. Yeah, kind of close to the show that uh, 
at least I saw this when Chris sent it to me, and I said it was something that I definitely wanted to bring up because, you know, I'm a Batman guy. I love Batman, and I'm very interested to see what's going what? on with the new Pat-Bat, um, or Bat-Pat, however you want to call him, or Sparkly Bat-Pat, whatever you want to say, but he's going to be Batman. It's going to be pretty good. And there is some news out right now that the, well, not really news, but uh, an update, and that based on everything that's going on, production has entirely stopped as far as I understand it, but they are 25% done with filming the movie. Yes. So I don't know if that's ahead of schedule, behind schedule, what's going on, but they're at least a quarter of the way done filming. I know that in the article they said they were not doing any editing right now, so even though they're done may- maybe filming a quarter of it, it's nowhere close to being done with you know editing, so we probably won't see anything uh, trailer-wise or other than pictures that we've seen leaked on the internet. We won't see anything official for it. So I'm fully um, expecting it to get pushed back. Yeah. Nathan, did you see anything about this? I know we put it in the group chat, but I don't know if you saw it or not. No, the only thing I saw was the headline that they got 25% done, and that that was it. And and that's all the article really says. I mean, it's a lot of words. I think it's three or four paragraphs. Uh, It doesn't really say a whole lot other than the fact that they're 25% done. It's kind of giving you an update. It makes me wonder what they're done, uh, like what parts they've done, because I know that we were watching the Snyder uh, review of Batman vs. Superman uh, a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about how he would always want to start with an action scene to get mm-hmm. everybody in the mood, to get everybody, you know, blood flowing and get things going. So the first scene he ever filmed was an action scene of whatever movie he was in. So it'd be cool <laughs> if they already had an action scene filmed because I'd love to see something like that sooner rather than later. But sure. I doubt I will, yeah, especially with everything going on. Uh, Chris, do you know any more about this than uh, than what basically what I was saying? Because I, I I read the article. Um, I didn't take a lot out of it other than basically what I've said. So. No, I mean, that's, I mean, it's basically, I, th- I think er- earlier this week, I think I sent you all something about Reeves talking about kind of his favorite Batman movies, what he yeah. really enjoyed. You know, he, 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 like many of us consider the dark Knight a, a cinematic masterpiece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes. and I think it was Batman returns. He, he, he praised a lot. Um, yeah. and, I think yeah, those were the two that he kind of singled out as being his his favorites of the Batman franchise, and just and how. Can you blame him? Well, I mean, I I think <laughs> you know a lot of people don't have a lot of love. I mean, so not Returns is not as well liked. It, really? They well, just I don't want to know those people. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> I, I mean, I love Returns. I think it has to do with I think Tim Burton went all Tim Burton in and made yeah. it even oh, more just. Oh, yeah gothic at that point and just it turned penguin into kind of a horror kind of character <laughs> more than mm-hmm. anything so which is fine which is fine i mean i still love returns at that point but you know it was interesting get, hearing someone who's filming it that gives a lot of praise and love to that movie it, it you know obviously you're saying well of course it's you you're going to be having cobblepot and you're going to have a cat and what what of course you'd like that movie but mm-hmm. it's right. just nice to, it's just nice to hear him say something that you don't hear too often. I mean, if he said Batman 89, well, of course it's Batman 89. You know? <laughs> right. right. You come out and say, I hate Batman 89, and you call yourself a Batman fan, it would be like you get a sick and glance. It's like, really, you're, you're a very interesting Batman fan. Not saying it's not possible, mm-hmm. but that's interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you'll, you'll kill your movie sales right there just by saying that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I still remember Batman Returns. That was the one Batman movie my dad took me to see in the theater, and that's just... I have a lot of great memories of that movie. 
it, it stinks that you know again like like we're saying this will push it back this will delay when we see a, obviously a trailer more first looks at you know the costume and suit but like he said it gives him time to do some pre-editing maybe make some changes maybe refocus some ideas mm-hmm. and build the world even more that he wants to so you know i kind of how he views it a blessing in disguise yeah puts him behind but you know might as well you use the time to make even a better movie you know yeah. right so, well you've got the time you might as well do it you know it's funny because i remember batman 89 when i was a kid uh i remember let's see i was born in 84 so in 89 i was five I think I remember my parents renting it. Well, actually, 80, 89, I probably wasn't five yet because I'm, I'm late 84, so yeah, November. So the bit, you know most of the year, I'm not five yet. I think my parents rented it, and I remember that movie, and I remember Terminator 2. Maybe, was it 2? or It must have been 2, yeah. It must have been because 2 or well, 1 was way earlier. Uh, I was not allowed to see. Like, they had to make me go in my room. I remember specifically going in my room because I was not allowed to see those movies when they first came out. Mm. So, yeah, it's crazy. I, eventually, of course, I saw them. Um, but for some reason, those two movies stick out in my mind. Batman 89, and or the original Batman, and uh, Terminator 2. Like, I, I, I was not allowed to see them when I was a kid. And it, it, it blows my mind now what's on just regular television. <laughs> based on th- those two movies that I was not allowed to see when I was a kid and based on what's on regular television yeah. right now. A dazzling place will never... Oh, sorry, wrong movie. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it was almost acceptable if you were like, you know, like 12. Like, it was it was just commonplace that every 80s movie had boobs in it. And you're just like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, it's just going to be a quick scene. Like, wh- shit's going to come a long not way. Probably. You know what I mean? Like, there's things have changed and so Like, action, no problem now. I mean, nudity, we're uptight as all hell. But, like, killing action... Turn it, turn it up. I mean, honestly, dude, with the, with the with the breakout of like streaming with Amazon and uh, Netflix, I wouldn't say even with nudity that it's it's even. Well, a, a, but a, you a, said network TV though. That's kind of I mean, that's you know true. I mean? That's very true. I mean, they always edit the other stuff out, but like the action and the violence and shit now, they just let it go. You know, we got a joke whenever we were watching Game of. Th- I joke with my wife when watching Game of Thrones and seeing the HBO warning come up as a graphic mm-hmm. violence, strong language. Okay. Then we get into strong sexual situations, nudity, this, that, and the other. We get like the big five. It's like, all right, we're into something in this episode. If it just <laughs> mm-hmm. had just had violence and cursing, oh, for crying out loud, I might yeah. as well just turn on NBC. Right? <laughs> That's the way I was with Shameless. When I first started watching Shameless, and I started seeing this, I was like, oh, my goodness, you, what's this you show base about? how good the episode is by how many warnings there are on it. Uh, right. <laughs> Right. I guess you just have to call me a prude because I'm like, I can deal with violence. I can deal with language. I'm like, do I really need to see that? Right. Do I really right. see it's that? A little different for you. Yeah. Like, it. It's not <laughs> a necessity, but it, it <laughs> just, I don't know. It's weird. George Carlin had a great little routine going on. It said, what if you replace, like, people, what if you replaced, like, in an old Western or anything, replace every kind of thing about killing and murder with thing like, you know, sexual things at that point. All right, we're going to F you, Sheriff, but we're going to F you slow. <laughs> right. <laughs> saying, I'm going to kill you, Sheriff. Like, I had this whole little routine about how we are as a society. Like, well, we'll go pay a movie, and it's totally okay to someone get murdered on TV, but have boobs and sure. sex on TV. Oh, That's people freak out. I can people deal with the murder. Out. I can deal with the, the 
the gore. I can deal well, with it. I'm like, just. And that's uh, just a reflection of our society. Cause like you go to other places and it's just like commonplace, like in, you know, like Italy and stuff like, like it's just, there's nude beaches on it. It's just whatever. You know what I mean? Like they're just like, you guys I'm are weird. I mean, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, no, just like there, no there's America. nothing wrong with it. It's an American just, thing. I, I just thought it was, when you saw that, it just made me remember that routine. Of yeah. Just, place you replace that with that okay so <laughs> yeah, absolutely it, it, it's funny like the things that different things get different people because i know that uh I, wa- I started watching ozark season three i think watched the first episode uh the night before last night um definitely plan on watching the rest of that this weekend i think it's my my big thing to watch this weekend but the first scene <laughs> of ozark season three <laughs> i had to like turn my head away i was like oh i don't want to see that I'm like ah, i don't want to see that but it's a great show. I love it. Well, if you love it, if well, you've seen Ozark, oh my goodness gracious, it's great. Which show. is like yeah. Outlander. Don't you know? <clears throat> has, he, has anybody seen Outlander? I, I hear that now. It's on the list. <laughs> on, yeah, actually, on the list. <laughs> we have a big I mean, list of shows to watch. Yeah, it's Outlander is cool. I mean, if you get past like the first season, you're doing pretty well because I mean, I've read the books. I've read, uh, I think the first and the second book, and you know, reading something and seeing something are two totally different things. So when you have this character and then you see something really graphic and horrible happen to them, it just, I guess, visually, it just sticks in your head. So I guess that's, that's my thing. It's like, I can stand somebody being stabbed, but (laughs) rape is enough. Oh yeah. I mean, mean, you're you're right there. Definitely. I agree with you on that. It's not something that, you know, just because it's, you know, when I say that, I definitely am kind of the person that, with you, I don't want to see someone, even if no. it's part of the show, no, no, getting yeah, raped exactly. or anything like yeah. that. It's just like, it does make me very uncomfortable. Like, I just watched, like, the morning show, and man, that that show was totally different than what I saw on certain things. I'll never look at Steve Carell the same way. I was like, oh, gosh, oh, my goodness, oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> I haven't watched okay. it. Yeah, I mean, there, there yeah, is there the scene in that movie that I just looked at my wife, and I was like, I'm feeling kind of uncomfortable right now. Really? Oh, yes. Well, I haven't, I haven't I mean, seen that one yet. That's on my list. So he's, now he's, he's a very great actor, and it just—I've never seen him in a in a show or movie in this type of character. So bravo to him. But yeah, those kind of scenes—you know—just I I don't need to see it. I'd rather it be understood off screen. But, and I mean, is, and that, is and that, it more of just light, the shock factor? Light, but, I mean, is it more of the shock factor? More of the because you know a lot of especially Outlander. I'm I'm just using that for example because I had read the book, so I knew what certain things were going to happen in the in the first um, season. Mm-hmm. So I knew there was like one specific episode that I'd fast forwarded through a couple of a scene because i i couldn't i i could not watch it i i, I couldn't i mean it's right. I, I just couldn't um so i mean it's i'm not that desensitized i guess <laughs> but i mean i wonder if it's more of the like i said the shock factor of maybe and that's one reason and that's another reason why i haven't watched game of thrones because i've i haven't read the book but i know of certain episodes and certain scenes Aspects, and I, yeah don't know if I could really I don't know if that would really to me add to the story you know what I mean so okay. I don't know it's just my little prudish self I don't know it's just I, I see, but see it's not being approved it's just you know what you like you know what you don't like but I mean there's just there's some things I just feel like they add and I really think it's more for shock value you know they're trying to say it's, it, this is reality this is real 
it may be reality, but I don't really necessarily have to see it. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's when you can make the decision as a consumer saying, I don't want to watch it. I do not yeah. want to do this. Yeah. And so you as a consumer have made, have made that decision and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's what I love about I, the streaming. Except for all the things that are wrong with it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, again, we all forget we're, we're all, it's Nathan's world. We're just right, living right, in it. Right. <laughs> uh, like, we just chased a huge squirrel. We were talking about Batman, and then we went on some. Yeah, then we started talking about rape on TV, and just like, oh god, what happened? <laughs> I, I told you we chased we, we chased squirrels. We took Sorry. a hard, hard left turn there. That is what we do, though. But if y'all haven't noticed the difference in my voice, <laughs> I'm oh, ready great. to travel to a galaxy far, far away. Oh I, boy! I, I, thought, I thought you were channeling your inner Barry White. Right. Yeah, oh, I don't know what was up. Right. Sarah wants to see it. Oh, she turned her camera off. Go ahead, show yourself. Show yourself. Oh, let's see it. Let's uh, see it. Turn it on. Show yourself. I'll turn it on. Yeah, here we go. So, <laughs> show I have oh, put boy. on the uh, Stormtrooper mask. And let me. Let's see. see. Let me do Everybody, the show yourself. Let me do the voice like that. And I'm ready to travel to a galaxy far, far away. Start talking about some Star Wars stuff. So, Nathan. Yes, sir. I'm going to let you get going, man. We have some news before we talk Clone Wars. So what kind of news do we have Star Wars-wise? Let's get going. Uh, supposedly, and now Disney and Lucasfilm have yet to uh, confirm this, but supposedly the, Ro- the Rosario Dawson as the live-action Ahsoka Tano is real. And supposedly more details have come out about her contract because people were saying that she's going to show up in Season 2 of The Mandalorian. But supposedly her contract has a multi-show, uh, like basically where she can cross over to the Disney, uh, you know, the Disney Plus live-action series. And in my opinion, I think it would make perfect sense for her to show up, maybe not steal the show, but to show up in the Cassian Andor series because, uh, like, this would be right at the time where. Kazian would be going to a fulcrum, and Ahsoka should have been still be a, should be the fulcrum character to help the uh, you know to help the fucking forming the rebels and the rebellion going into Episode Four of Star Wars, and uh, it would also make sense too that if she was off doing whatever, she survived Order sixty six in the Kenobi series, whatever that is. If maybe he goes off planet, that he might run into her or. or she might go to him or something. I just, I kind of got a feeling that she's going to be similar to the, like, uh, you know how Night Nurse bounced around from show to show to show on Netflix? I think she's going to have the potential to do that. And I think if you want to get her used to the main audience where you could potentially do a film, which Iger said is that's a possibility, I think you definitely start putting her prominently up in front and stuff and you get an actress that can... Uh, can carry it, which you know Rosario Dawson is a is a good actress. So I, that is the hot rumor. But like I said, Disney and Lucasfilm have not confirmed that. But I could definitely see it. Yeah, um, I mean, me coming into it, I'm a I'm, I'm a newbie with the <laughs> <laughs> I'm a newbie with the soccer. For those that are and, uh, that don't see this at that point, it is an amazing, amazing helmet. Yeah, yeah, and I can, I can, I can even do this. Right. Mm-hmm. voice. So it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. That's uh, that's that's pretty great. I'm, I'm, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I think I was talking to a friend today, and I think that I'm gonna do the Iron Man 
um, Legends helmet next because it's electronic and it looks awesome. And then I'm going to do the White Ranger uh, Lightning Series helmet after that. And I'm just going to start collecting helmets because nice. I got to be honest with you, man. <laughs> it feels so cool to wear this. <laughs> you know, Sarah, you sent me that 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 uh, picture earlier today where I had yes. the guy in the, the mask, and he was like, "I've been waiting for this moment." Yeah, <laughs> you know, he told me Stormtrooper mask, and then it, it shows him in line at a grocery store <laughs> wearing his Stormtrooper. And that's me. That's me. Yeah, I was doing the dishes with this the other day. It's pretty funny. But, uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> but I digress about Star Wars about my mask. Um, I was I I I'm I'm super excited to see Ahsoka Tano live. Um, because, like I said, I'm a newbie coming into this. I've only known Ahsoka as a character for probably the last six months since I've been mm-hmm. watching Clone Wars, and I've fallen in love with her. And I haven't watched Rebels yet, which I want to watch, which I'm sure I'm going to love her even more. But There's some good shit in there. See, I knew her from Rebels because amazing. my son watched that. And then, yeah. like, the first two seasons... I want to tell you guys this. I think from your Star Wars Jeopardy... One mm-hmm. of the answers was Plo Koon. That is my son's, like, one of his yeah. favorites. Darth Revan and Plo Koon are his, do- are his boy. Yeah, Nathan loves Plo Koon. I'm uh, yelling at you Plo guys. Koon, Plo Koon, Plo Koon. <laughs> yeah. That's also Dave Filoni's uh, favorite character. Yes, yes. He actually has a um, Lego character of Plo Koon, believe it or not. So. Yes, oh. I know. <laughs> I but anyway, sorry, I digress. <laughs> It's very hard to scratch your nose or drink a beer when you're wearing a stone helmet, just, just to let you know. So, right. so I might switch there the palette. Go. But, but anyway, as I was saying, um, I actually love the character of Sotana, and I love uh, Rosario Dawson playing the character. I think I think it's a perfect casting. You can, man, you could do a great job with that. I love her as an actress. Um, but to be able to what this article was saying was that it, it, the, the fact that she signed with the option for multiple shows doesn't mean that she's going to be on multiple shows, but that's bullshit. There's potential. Why else would you put that in there? But it was also talking about the future of uh, Disney Plus with these live-action Star Wars shows and Ahsoka Tano possibly being the central character of these shows, which I think is awesome. <laughs> I, I, I mean, of course, I had to see how Rosario Dawson uh, – yeah, uh, yeah. Dawson plays her, well, um, sure. which I'm sure she's going to do a great job. But I, you know, I don't want to put the horse for the card here. Um, right. But I, I think that the way they're looking to move in the future with this character and this series of live action shows is very promising. Based on the way the Mandalorian was and uh, just the future plans I've heard so far, I'm loving hearing more Sokotano and some live action Star Wars that is not associated necessarily with directly with the Skywalker saga or, you know, Vader and like, like let, let's separate it slightly and, and, and do some attendant stuff. So just out of curiosity for Ahsoka to hit up the Mandalorian and that like, at what age is she going to be? Uh, <sighs> yeah. I mean, because well, supposedly her species lives for like 200 years. So she would be, She'd be an adult, but I don't know if she's like be. I I don't know because I'm like, so used how to long seeing was her she in the world between worlds and shit. Like how long yeah. she hang out there before she jumped out? And does time matter? And I don't. There's just, there's so many there's so I'll many just, questions and not enough answers. Well, let's maybe, break it maybe down. Maybe it's me because I didn't know like the the timeline because I'm so used to seeing her as 
I guess, an adolescent, but right. I haven't seen the subsequent episodes well, of Clone Wars. Well, and Rebel, I know she's, she's an adult. Uh, yeah, Rebel, she's an adult, right. Yeah. Uh, well, let's break it down. Let's think. What? How old is she right now in Clone Wars? You think about seventeen? Something yeah. you know older. Yeah, something. And how long was I think Rosario Dawson? I mean, her. She looks like her, and I know the big deal has been. Um, who was her voice? Ashley. What's her name? Yeah, Ashley and I. Eckstein. And I saw a photo of her as. You know, as Ahsoka in a cosplay, and I'm thinking, man, mm-hmm. she looked fantastic as her as well. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I think Rosario, she look, I, I, I can just see everything on right. her. I think she would <laughs> look fantastic. Yeah, yeah right. absolutely. You know, the she looks like Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. So I'm real, I'm really excited. I mean, I'm really excited. Bring it on. <laughs> I'm like, bring it on. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think about it. Like. Okay, so how long was was clone was the Clone Wars, Nathan? Uh, was like three years, three right? Three years. Three years. Three years. Okay, yes. so she started Clone Wars and she was what thirteen or fourteen? Fourteen. Fourteen, almost fifteen, something like that. So I'd say she's probably somewhere around seventeen, eighteen right now, mm-hmm. and then you add two generations, so sixty years. You had the Luke, thirty years old. Then you had Ray and them probably in their late twenties, close to what would you say, late twenties. So add fifty-five years to eighteen. So I mean, she's. I don't want to do math. <laughs> She'd be fine. Like I said, it all depends on how, how her species age because we've seen in the Clone Wars that. Uh, well, they when she helped her people out, there was elders in there that was all old and wrinkly and stuff. So I just I just don't know how they age. She might right. still be in her prime. I don't. Maybe you know. I don't have a clue. Right. Who, who was the other character that was her species? She was another Jedi. Uh, Shakti. Yeah, yes. Shakti, yeah. Yeah, because Shakti, I mean, she was, you know, when you saw her, she was, you know, looked like an adult. So I'm, I'm just super excited. I just I just like that species. Oh, I, I think it's really I cool. <laughs> Chris, you got anything you want to add to this one? No, I'm, I've been excited ever since, you know, we... <laughs> We got the idea, we heard the word that she was going to be live action at that point. We get to, I think, this character has had a very, and all of us on this show are part of that rabid fan base that just want to see this character has gotten grown from just a Dave Filoni project to now how much. I mean, I have a, a, um, there's an artist that uh, does this uh, series of work called the She Series. And it's it's focusing on just different either fictional or real life female empowerment characters. And in one of the panels, I'll have to find it so I can show you all, is she puts Ahsoka as one of them. I, I got to find it. What, and, and it has a word tied to that particular uh, person that's in it. And so it's it, there. Uh, we have like three of them hanging in our, our kids playroom because I want my kids to grow up and looking up saying, see, you don't have to just be a man. You don't have to be. But that character mean so much to us not just as as a star wars character but what she represents and what she's done being a you know when she says famously in rebels i'm not yeah i'm not a jedi right right i'm no jedi so well talking about that coming full circle like in the uh in today's episode, like mm-hmm. she says, she's not a Jedi, and those two girls are like, uh, "No, you're a Jedi." Yeah, you, know, you, you, know, you still act like, like and stuff. Sorry, but you are. 
Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? Uh, let's go ahead and start talking about today's episode, man. Anybody who wants to walk into it, uh, that's pretty much our last point on Clone Wars. Um, or, I mean, on, on Star Wars. So uh, let's get into the episode today. Uh, how about I finally actually liked the sisters for once? It took four episodes before I actually <laughs> gave a shit about them and liked them and didn't want to soak it to chop their heads off. Like, finally, like, four episodes. All right, guys, we got there. They're actually likable characters, and I wouldn't mind seeing them again. So I, I guess that's a positive. Uh, seeing Darth Maul and hearing him again, like, man, I'm ready. Like, I am ready for these next four episodes. And I, honestly, with this little arc with these sisters, like, we could have cut two episodes out and got to the exact same place and got there. But I understand what they did. Ahsoka built a bond. We got to catch back up with her. And uh, like I said, this is how she finds out about Maul. And uh, she runs into... Was it Bo Katan and more the and the other? They used to be Death Watch, but now I forgot what their name is. There's something else. There's something else now, but they're uh, like she's gonna walk in with them, and I'm ready because next episode she's got to see Anakin again and stuff. Like let's let's go. I ain't trying to rush it away, but at the same time, like let's go. We got the setup now. We're going straight into Siege of Mandalore. Well, we've got what three episodes left? Four. Four. Okay. And, and what season's this? Seven. The last. The final. The final. <laughs> yeah. we're, ba- we're basically probably the last four are all about the siege at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so if, I, if I had to guess, I would say next episode is her seeing Anakin again and Obi Wan and getting the troops and stuff. You know what I mean? I, I would guess, and then I, I would think it's going to be three episodes of full on whatever the hell happens on Mandalore happens. Are we going to see Order sixty six? I think you we'll see a slight that. version of it from her. I think we'll see how her and Rex escape it. I think the clone troopers that go with them, the only two that will be escape will be Rex and Ahsoka. Now, whether Ahsoka has to knock Rex out because he does still have the chip and tries to attack her, and she has to carry out his body like that, or Rex gets the chip out beforehand and helps her get out. But I would think we will see those two get out with all, all the rest of their clone troopers turn on her, is my prediction. It's it's going to be interesting, man. Like I said, you guys have hooked me into this series, and... Um... I don't know. I, I I haven't necessarily liked the the last few episodes. Not that I've di- I, well, I don't want to say I haven't liked them. I've not disliked them, but it hasn't been the they sister thing. Yeah, it, it, it was dragging on. I was ready they for were bitches. Ready one was dumb and one was stuff. a bitch. I mean, huh? I'm sorry. That's just how it was. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is, you know. Uh, but it it did change this episode. I'm glad I got to see that. Uh, I'm glad that it looks like that we're gonna wrap that whole thing up and. So I want you guys to explain to me this this Mandalore connection because I'm I'm just getting into this extended part of this world or universe. Um, I, I, I saw Darth Maul. I know about the Crimson Tide or Crimson or Crimson, Crimson Tide. That's not yeah. Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Crimson Dawn. And and I know about um, uh, the Mandalore or the Mandalorians. So what is this all boiling up to? Like, I know that. Solo that w- w- had to do with Crimson Dawn, Dawn. and mm-hmm. Darth Maul. So, and that's right around when and this he's in control of the pikes, happens, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's about the same timeline. Well, uh, or is it? Well, I, I can kind of walk you down it if, if you like this. I mean, if you want to start, go ahead. I'd no, go I'd... for it. You you probably have more actually, but I know it's. It's probably our first big connection to kind of solo and what we have. So this that's the first it, time. Yeah. yeah, the first okay. time it's called out Crimson Dawn. Okay, so it's season five, which you're getting to. Like he, 
uh, Death Watch reaches out to him. Somehow, Death Watch reaches out to Maul and uh, his, still has his brother, Savage Press at the time. And, like, they think that those guys are going to help him. And Pre Vizsla still got the Darksaber and leading Death Watch. Well, Maul starts convincing them that they need the help of these crime syndicates like the Pikes and the Huts and all these other people. And he ends up killing Pre Vizsla and takes control of everything. You know what I mean, takes control of and has takes control and he's amassing this power on Mandalore. And uh, when he kills Pre Vizsla and takes the Darksaber, the Bo-Katan that you see today that talked to Ahsoka that took the helmet off, right. she fled with those couple other people with her, and uh, which is why she's alive. But she fled. Maul started getting all this power. Uh, Palpatine knew about it, came in, killed Opress, beat the shit out of Maul, and put he, locked him up. And that was the last time we saw him in Clone Wars. But there was a... There was a comic, I guess, called Some of Death Mirror, which I have not read, but the gist of it is that the re- he's still in control of Mandalore because he's got the Darksaber. But all the other crime syndicates kind of fell apart, which is what the guys at the Pike were saying, like, why, are, you know what I mean? But the guys that are still loyal to him from Mandalore broke him out, and he's going back, and now he's amassing power again instead of calling it the Shadow Collective. Now I guess he switched it to Crimson Dawn, and the Pikes are in this... Uh, in this so, new version of it. So hold on. So explain to me, like the whoever has the dark saber is the is controls Mandalore. Uh, they are supposed because, to be the rightful leader of Mandalore. Yes. But didn't what, what wasn't Duchess Satine the leader? Like the she was. Uh, but and that's yeah, what pre, that was, the, That's uh, why Pre Vizsla had so many people rally to his cause because he he controlled the dark saber and wanted to go back to the warrior ways, and that's why Death Watch was so big as it was to where they rivaled actual Mandalore. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. Well, that's interesting stuff. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, this was the first time they called out uh, Crimson Dawn, which is the direct connection to Solo. Okay, so they're, they are they are tying up all loose ends right here and wrapping it right into the the, the movie series. Or the that's the way it's so, looking. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So do you think we're going to see a lot more of uh, Darth Maul, or do you think that was just kind of a this-is-your-one-shot type deal or tie that Solo into it, and then we're not going to see it again? Oh, like this, like Maul's going to be a big player in these next four episodes. And now okay. that I think about it, whenever Order 66 goes down, I mean, they're already shooting, but I wonder if Maul and Ahsoka will almost have to work together to get out because they're going to be going out. Palpatine's taking all the pieces off the board with Order 66. Maul's a big piece. Why wouldn't you try to take him off the board too? He may, He's not a Jedi. Yeah, he's not a true. Sith, but he's still a strong force wielder. That's true. And, I mean, Palpatine got nervous when him and Savage Opress were becoming good because he had a you know, he had an apprentice, and they were building power. Yeah. I don't know. Very just, good I just point. popped you, in my you head may see something talking. like that, yeah. Uh, Chris, what you think, man? Do you have any points you wanted to talk about with Clone Wars this week? Yeah, it it was... I, I was, like I mentioned in the last one, I was very curious to see when, because we all knew when Ahsoka was going to reveal herself to be a Jedi. Oh, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Goes down smooth. <laughs> um, Keith Stones. <laughs> Sorry, good. I'll, I'll keep my comments to myself on that one, but <laughs> um, I was. It, it did not. It, I was looking for. I, I thought the reaction of uh, of the sisters was going to be more more anger, you know, with the revelation at that point. Right. But I was very. 
I was pleasantly surprised to see them take a very more nuanced, especially the older sister, yes. recognizing, saying, yes. do you realize what she just did? She sacrificed herself for us when she could have just bolted, and I just can't let that stand. That is a huge step forward for it is. this Rafi. the older sister, Rafi, um, for making that 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 decision and going forward with that that was uh, that kind of threw me i was like okay we see some growth with her and recognizing that she's not just all for herself mm -hmm. i love you know i i kind of figured we weren't going to see you know um bo katan and the mandalorians up up close until the very end because the way the way episode was going um it was another escape episode but Sure was. Sure was. <laughs> we, we had two episodes in a row. We're trying to escape. Hey, they finally but, did it, though. Yeah, they did. They did. Um, but you know, the revelation of Maul, our first look at Maul in the series. You know, it, we are definitely going to see the Jedi because if we all remember the trailers, we have not seen too much of the the Jedi Order since the first couple of episodes. So mm -hmm. we know there. We know those sequences in our first revelations and first scene of our rebels characters should hopefully be coming soon as well mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. um, i'm looking for i mean this is the this is what we've all been looking forward to this season four is to see the siege of mandalore sure so, this is what we've been waiting for well yeah. do, do you think we're done with rafi and, and trace yes no that's wrapped up i, I think no. we're done but yeah, yeah. no I you know why because she says, I'm going to leave my bike here. And once she gets done, oh, she has to play dead. She's going to need a way to get out of there. I think we see them and they help smuggle her out to the outer rim, whatever happens. Like, I, I, I just have Rider a feeling that we see them again. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I mean, I know that's, that's going to happen. I don't know. I just got a feeling that somehow, like, she's, you know, like, she's going to, that those girls will help her disappear. What's well, the name of the ship? The, uh, the Silver Angel. Boy. Silver Angel or something like Gold Angel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you don't think that the, the, the silver angel is going to come flying in at the end like the Millennium Falcon did uh, in the end of A New Hope and save Maybe. Day? maybe. I, you're, you're right. You're right, Nathan. Filoni's not going to put like an Easter egg out there or at least a line like that without having some payoff. So you're right. Probably right. it may be our last sequences of the last episode. To kind like of her see. riding off in the sunset or whatever. Basically on the bike. hiding, you know, basically having mm -hmm. a Yoda and Obi-Wan moment like the end of Revenge. Right. You know, right. just we we have because we know she's obviously still alive because she's coming to Mandal the Mandalorian. What? So oh. I know, really? <laughs> Blue, you're all fine. I'm calling it right now. Hold your suspense. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Diabolical. But no, it was definitely the best of this arc. Absolutely. Um it, it's it, I, I would love to hear Filoni talk about when it gets done. I think a lot of us have questions about why this. Well, no, I, I kind of <laughs> why this, but I think I gather in the sense of I think it brings more to Ahsoka's character of we need to understand not just where she's been, but like who she is as a character. I think the tagline or at least the opening credit, you know, you can't escape who you are. You can run right. as far as you are, but you are who the you are. Yeah. The Force Cookie. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, the Force Cookie. There we go. I like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, because she is a Jedi. Right. She may mm -hmm. deny it all she wants. She may not like it, but she is a Jedi. But she. But I think they said it best. Like, she is what they want the Jedi to be. Mm -hmm. They. That is who. She's they who are. the Jedi should be. Should are be. Are supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. Supposed to be. Yeah. 
And I like that call. And I think that's what we were aiming for. I think looking back, it's definitely the weaker points in our, at least in our opinion, of the of this last season. But well, she's she's like the best that she's got, like the strength of Mace Windu, the fighting prowess of Anakin Skywalker, and the intelligence and like know how of uh, Qui Gon and Master Yoda. You know, I mean, she is like yeah. the embodiment of what the Jedi should be. It, it was it was good to see her strike out completely on her own because she's, she's taken all that mm-hmm. ideas and you can kind of see her in the discussions and trying to rationalize it with the sisters and their maneuvers. I mean that is that is pure Obi Wan and Qui Gon. Right, yeah. right. Well, like she's learned from every Jedi and she uses it the right way. You know what I mean? Like she, it, I, I don't know. She's just a very well developed character from from calling you know Anakin Sky Guy and stuff to where she's at now. Like. Bravo, that's a character arc, you know what I mean? That is a character arc. And can I say, too, like, I don't know no, if I brought this up can't. last week. But... <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. No, we're, we're only doing audio, you're right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> can I say, too, um, that uh, I, don't, uh, I don't know um, if I brought this up last week. But there was a fight scene last week where Ahsoka was in the uh, tower. I think I may have mentioned it. Where, where that fight scene is almost like the animated version of the Daredevil hallway scene, or Bad the guys. Batman vs Superman warehouse scene. Like it was an amazing fight scene for an animated show. Mm-hmm. I could not believe what I was seeing, and I loved, loved, loved that fight scene. So uh, last week's episode, I guess, what was that? Uh, eight. Or seven? Seven. Seven, yeah. Watch the fight scene with Ahsoka in the tower. It's pretty awesome. Okay, how pretty. long is it going to take me to, like, binge, what, five seasons? Because <laughs> you guys have got me wanting to, like, watch it's, it all. <laughs> you should. I, I did you the should. first, like, I am. Four. I am. Don't yeah. worry. I am. I, I want to do it. Well, I want to watch with my son because he enjoys it, too. But I'm like, dude, I might have to like, throw you off to the side and just do it myself. I really like a lot of people have frown on the first season. I like every season it gets better, but I mean it really hits its stride at the very end of season three and into season four. Like the storytelling, the overarching narrative, the animation, everything. But I like all the shit that came before because it's about it's about the clones and like, like it yes. develops the clones yes. and you feel for them and you get to you know like you get Obi Wan, Anakin, Ahsoka, you know stuff. But it's like these clones really you you really start to feel for them and they become like they're the best characters of the show really. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Well, and you know the the great thing about this series especially is is no matter where you are with your Star Wars knowledge and what you've read and what you've seen and blah 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 this and that, it's fun to watch, but there's no spoilers because we can talk about Clone Wars all we want to, but guess what? You already know in the end Anakin is <laughs> Like so, so, I'm not spoiling anything. I, I promise you, Anakin Skywalker oh, is going to become. No need to watch Star Wars. Wars you're, you're just yeah. filling in the blank, basically. You just, right. you're just kind of filling it from point C right. to point D. That's exactly. all you're doing. I'm not spoiling anything. <laughs> if you want to find out fine details, you can. But you know, in the end, Anakin Skywalker. No matter how many times you watch this series no! of him, he's going to become Darth Vader. <laughs> But unless <laughs> unless you turn Revenge of the Sith off to that point that me and Chris talked about where Obi-Wan and Anakin say goodbye and that's the last time they say goodbye is friends. You just turn it off oh, and it never man. happens. And that's, <laughs> that's all the further you go. No, yeah. no. Denial. No. Yeah, I agree. But uh well, y'all got anything else for Clone Wars? I mean, it was a great episode this week. We've got what say four left. Next week is the jam. That's gonna we're ready to go. Four left. 
we're getting right into it. So, mm-hmm. do, I, do uh, I like bench everything until the end? Because I really want I to mean, know this. You're, hey, this is the one time that like they're encouraging stay home and catch up on TV shows and movies and stuff. Like, I mean, like you can do it, and nobody can. Twenty-two even minute episodes. I know, I know. Do it. No. Twenty-two minute episodes. You can do it. Um, I'm gonna try. But, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. <laughs> there is no try. Ah, you beat me to it. There is no try. Do or do not. There is no try. Yeah. So. Like Matt, uh, right, cool. like Matt Rule says, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do uh, this. Don't, don't, don't bring <laughs> Matt Rule into my my super civil service podcast. I don't do that. I don't like that guy, and we'll figure that out later. Anyway, so <laughs> Sarah, yes, tell us where they can find you. Excuse me, tell us where they can find you if they want to talk to you. You can find me on Twitter at my lady kitten. I'm also on Instagram. And that's pretty much it for the time being. Yeah. Good deal. All right. Uh, Nathan, where can they find uh, you? You can find me exclusively on Twitter at wobblyboots85. And the show's, uh, the show's handle is SCS Pod one <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I'll go on either one of them, but just hop in there and we can chit-chat about anything and everything. If I don't want to talk about it, I'll just tell you I don't want to talk about it. So come on, bring it on. <laughs> Honest guy. There you go. <laughs> Chris, where can they find you at, buddy? You can find me on Twitter at Chris Balga. Uh, my show is World's Finest True Believers. You can follow that at, at Finest Believers or email the show World's Finest True Believers at gmail.com. Uh, this week dropped a new episode with Chris Rimmer from DC Comics Squadcast looking at the Elseworlds tale Superman speeding bullets. There you go. Y'all check that out. And uh, you can find me at the Bat Daddy 52 on Twitter. Uh, that's pretty much my only form of social media, but you can also see me if you want to talk to me on uh, at SES Podcast One. Me and Nathan both kind of check that out every once in a while. And uh, if you want to hear me talk more, check me out Tuesday nights at the C3 Panthers Podcast on YouTube live at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time where we talk Panthers football and how we are going to tank next year. And I absolutely <laughs> Trevor Lawrence hate it. Oh. Hate it. Hate, hate, hate it. But. Check us out. I'm very passionate on there. I wear my uh, Stormtrooper mask. I wear my Kylo Ren mask. <laughs> I'm going to get more masks very soon. The Iron Man Legends one is electronic, so it makes noises, and I can't wait to buy that and wear it for that show. But Super Civil Servants Podcast is also going live in four episodes. Episode 50, we are doing a live YouTube first show version. And doing it live. Watch Man of Steel and do a commentary. We'll do it live. Man, doing it live, exactly. Man of Steel and right. do commentary. So, anybody who wants to check us out, check us out because we will have a chat open while we watch the show in real time. You can talk to us. You can ask us questions. Nathan will be responding in his in, in his amazing way. Exactly. That's the way he'll do it. <laughs> that but, is uh, Nathan's jam. But we're getting close to there, y'all. So uh, I'll see y'all next week. Until then, uh, hit us up. Let us know. Uh, check out podcasts. Listen to uh, comment or listen to podcasts. Read comics. Watch movies. All the good stuff. Stay safe. Stay home. Stay home. Yes. There you go. Yes. Good have a good one. See you guys. Bye, guys. Later. Later.